Hello, welcome to People Who Are Politicians. I'm your host, Matt Antonelli. Um, just some news about things that are coming up. So I've had a few guests confirm that they're going to come on. Um, a few New South Wales MPs. And I'm trying to get some Northern Territory MPs on as well because they've got an election on this year, just like Queensland. Um, and some North Queensland MPs as well. So I will uh, let you know who they are and um, when they those episodes will come out once we've confirmed, once I've got a... Uh, confirmed time and obviously at the moment there's a lot of politicians who you know I get uh, messages back that say they're keen but uh, in the current situation they're a little bit busy which is fine I can completely understand that Um, so I will try and uh, do my best to get as many people on as I can Um, and uh, this episode that you're about to listen to features John Krause the uh, Queensland MP for Scenic Room uh, which is a, a just a beautiful electorate um, and we talk about that a bit in the episode. Um, but I really got a lot out of this episode. I I um, really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, John was very um, open about you know, the difficulties in the job and the things he's achieved. And, you know, that's uh, just something I really value in this these podcast interviews. We just kind of have a chance to fully discuss... Um, what politicians want to do and their careers. So, and it's not something you normally you, you really get to hear from. You know, you don't normally get to hear from uh, people who, you know, perhaps you know, apart from uh, long form interviews with pri- former prime ministers and stuff, you probably don't get to hear from um, you know Queensland state MPs and backbenchers in federal parliament that much. So, um, I really think this kind of episode. Uh, just reminds me that, uh, yes, these people are all from separate parties, um, but they're within those parties they are individuals and uh, with aspirations and goals for their careers. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please make sure you share and subscribe and all those normal things. Uh, a rating on iTunes would be fantastic. Um, and any kind of feedback, uh, you can uh, contact me on social media, Facebook and Twitter. It's all in the episode description. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks. Hello, welcome to People Who Are Politicians. I'm your host, Matt Antonelli. And today I'm joined by John Krause, the member for Cynic Rim. How are you? Very well, Matt. And thanks for having you talk to me today. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, let's start with uh, your electorate, uh, the area that you represent, so Cynic Rim. Can you give us a bit of an overview of what it's like and I guess the um, the overall vibe of the electorate? Absolutely. Um, Scenic Rim uh, electorate is south of Brisbane and Ipswich uh, and Logan as well. Uh, we're along the border uh, with New South Wales uh, at the back of the Gold Coast, uh, all the way around to Cunningham's Gap. And then it, I actually um, represent a little bit of Logan City and Ipswich City as well. So it's quite a large area, um, but it is a beautiful area to live in. Uh, We have some of the best uh, farming land in southeast Queensland, if not in the whole of Australia. And it's also, uh, we have some terrific farmers, uh, terrific food and great place to come and spend a few days, uh, of course, when times are good again, to be able to do that. Um, We uh, obviously, given how close we are to Brisbane, uh, a lot of people... A growing number of people actually live in Scenic Rim but work elsewhere. Um, but the uh, mainstays of our local area uh, are still agriculture uh, and some also um, 
some manufacturing and then there's a lot of small businesses uh, tradies and other people who are just uh, running their own business and doing what they can to make a, a living and a lifestyle in um, the great place we call home in the scenic rim uh, and when you yeah, first decided to run back in 2012 um, when it, I think it was it was Bow Desert back then uh, what right. kind of led you to to because obviously the LNP would have its pre-selection process so you'd, you'd put your hand up for that yeah. um, what led you to put your hand up well I'd always had an interest in uh, in government and in in politics and the in the process um, from a very early age so uh, my mum and dad were, I say, politically aware, and mm -hmm. we used to, around the family, have discussions about how things worked in in society and in government um, regularly. And dad was a dairy farmer, uh, and mum was a teacher, um, and in those uh, occupations, uh, quite often issues came up, which um, involved government, and so they were they were very much aware of that. And that, I think that's part of where the interest started for me. Um, I um, joined political party uh, tw 20 years ago in year 2000 when I was, I was at university and um, my interest grew from there um, as I went into the workforce. And then uh, in 2011, the opportunity came about to um, put my hand up for pre-selection within the party. And um, it was a Liberal National Party by then because my predecessor had decided to uh, do his own thing and, and leave um, the, the LNP after only uh, a few months or a little bit over a year in the job as, a, as an LNP member of parliament. Um, so the party was looking for a new candidate and um, I decided just to put my hand up and see how I went. It took more than one go yep. um, to actually be, to be nominated. Um, but I think that's one of your first lessons you need to learn in politics is that uh, persistence is key because um, quite often you don't achieve what you're looking to achieve the first time, uh, whether it's in getting nominated or elected or in trying to achieve things for your community. And you need to keep coming back and coming back until and be persistent until hopefully you reach the outcome you're after. That was, that was how I, I got started um, uh, in being nominated and then in 2012 was very fortunate to be elected uh, in the in that election, and so obviously you said you know your interest in politics had uh, been going for quite some time, and you're obviously been a member of the well, uh, a political party for for quite a while. So what kind of led you, without kind of bad mouthing other parties, what kind of led you to join the Liberal National? Or when you joined it, was it just Libs or National? Did you have yeah, I was, I was a member of the Liberal Party to start with. Yeah. And um, that was actually much to my dad's um, dismay, what to say, because um, having been a dairy farmer, he was um, brought up in the country, as I was, of course. I grew up on a dairy farm. And there, there has been a, a strong link, I suppose, between the rural sectors and the National Party. Um, but uh, no one from that party managed to... Um, approached me to join and there wasn't any of that organisation around um, where, where I grew up and I ended up in Brisbane to do uni after leaving school and um, one of the um, people I met 
uh, in one of my classes happened to be a member of the Liberal Party and um, suggested that I get involved and I did and that, that's sort of how it came to be. So when the merger of the two parties happened back in 2008, um, we were able to bring together those two interests. But I, I, going back to your question um, and taking the party politics out of it, we'd always had discussions at home about how things work and, and supporting agriculture and, and farmers and rural areas um, distinct from the urban areas was something that was always important to me and to our family. And so that's always been, uh, I guess, a pillar of uh, my thinking about politics and, um, and for getting involved in things. And so um, the area I represent is very, is, I always say it's rural, but not regional because we are so close to Brisbane, um, but we still definitely have a, a very strong rural element to us. Um, so I want to support that sector. And I think now more than ever, we need to do that. But also, um, I guess from a more um, philosophical level, I think we need to um, make government an enabler of, of things to happen in our community. So they set the, because there's so many people in our community here in Scenic Rim, but also across whole of Queensland, no doubt, who have great ideas and great uh, initiative to do good things for their community. And I think government should be able to facilitate those people who want to do things. If that means getting out of the way and making rules and regulations easier to deal with, then that should happen. If it's a matter of uh, just giving a small um, you know, incentive to do things for your community, then that should be uh, the, the role for government, uh, an enabler and not a block. Um, and then apart from that, uh, especially as an elected representative, my job is to, and, and I am passionate about it, is to go into bat for people who slip through the, the government system. Uh, and mainly that's at an individual level uh, when people, whether it's in the health system or otherwise, can't get the treatment that they need or for whatever reason, despite all the best intentions of bureaucracy, haven't been um, treated appropriately. And, and when I go into bat for them, it's extremely rewarding when you can get a result for individuals. And at the broader level, um, there, there are issues for our community uh, that need to be fixed, especially when it comes to, to investment in our roads and other infrastructure, which I don't think has been adequately dealt with. So giving a voice to those issues, both at the individual level and also for our community is something important for me as a representative. And it, I think it is for all representatives, um, by and large people who go into elected life want to do the right thing for their community. But of course we have different ways of thinking Let's look at some of those things that, like specifically, that you might want to get done for your area. So, you said you mentioned there, you know, being able to go into bat for people who slip through the cracks and trying to yeah. fix some infrastructure in, you know, probably not just scenic rim, but across Queensland. What's what have been yeah. some of your like specific focuses in those areas? Maybe an infrastructure project that you've been uh, advocating for in Parliament. I'll start with a, a health. A health service mm -hmm. issue and one of the um, biggest sources of pride for me as having been an elected member is that in 2014 the ability for mums and, and new mums to have a baby in Bow Desert Hospital was restored and that came about 
only because of a change in government. It stopped sort of 10 years before. Um, and the health minister at the time made a very clear call just after the election that we were going to bring back maternity services to Bodesert. And that's changed that town. And it's changed the, uh, the level of service for that town and that district. Because when you say you're gonna have maternity services, that doesn't just bring mums and bubs into hospitals. It brings doctors and nurses who can do other things for our community. And so that's been extremely important. And I'm so uh, proud that I was part of a government that was able to do that for our community. And there are more services that need to be to be added there. And that's what I'll continue to advocate for going into the future. But on, the, on another note, there's also a lot of um, challenges when it comes to road infrastructure. Being so close to Brisbane and with a growing population, uh, we are in Southeast Queensland, we are getting more people living here and more people commuting. And that means that we need um, more investment in our roads and our highways. And unfortunately, over the last uh, 20 to 30 years, a lot of development has got ahead of that investment. And we're starting to see uh, issues arise from that. And so that's another thing that I will, that I have been very busy advocating for and will continue to be. Um, so I know it might sound a bit vanilla, um, roads, hospitals. The next one, of course, is police. And that's, that's another issue where um, some of our areas have been left behind in the past. But this is um, part and parcel of being a local representative is highlighting these issues um, to government, whoever's in office. And one of the good things, one of the things that I'm also um, take some pride in is that we've managed to um, have some uh, investment in our area, despite the fact that at the moment I'm an opposition MP. And as I said to you before, persistence um, is key in this, in this role. You need to keep advocating for people and putting your case. And eventually, if you've got the right argument and you're in the right, government will listen and deliver. It might take five years, like it did for a fire station that recently um, was built in Rathdowney in my electorate uh, after 15 years of lobbying by the community. But uh, if you're persistent, hopefully that will pay off regardless of who's in office. And uh, so it's about being a local champion as well so that you can deliver both when you're in office, but also um, when you're in opposition. And certainly, uh, hopefully, obviously I'm part of the opposition team and we, we want to see a change in government on the 31st of October yep. to get Queensland working again. But um, as an elected representative, we're always lobbying government to do things for our communities. And um, yeah, there's a couple of examples. But there are bigger issues too when it comes to um, the structure of our economy and um, the costs that are imposed on people who want to go in to businesses. And I mentioned earlier before, there's a lot of hardworking tradies and small businesses here in our, in our neck of the woods. I think the statistic is something like 90% of businesses here are small businesses. And we need to make it easier uh, for those people to grow and to employ people. So that's another thing that I'll continue to advocate for. And um, I was just going to ask too, just because uh, you, when you were elected, you were elected in 2012 and you mentioned there you've been in government and in opposition. Um, yeah. So without, you know, trying to 
uh, remind you of that election loss in 2015, <laughs> um, uh, too harshly. Uh, what's that like, that transition to have to go from, you know, to the other side of parliament? Like, does that just make you want to fight harder for your community or do you, you know, reflect for a moment? Like, what, what's that change in mentality like going from being in government to being on the opposition benches? At the, at the outset, what it means is that you don't have as good a, uh, cha a good a access, I suppose, to decision makers in government. Mm -hmm. Now, the reality of our system is um, when you're part of the government team, it, it is much easier to talk to, uh, whether it be the director general or an executive manager, and especially the ministers who are making decisions about investments, and making decisions about policies for the state. And when you're on the opposition benches, all of that is removed. And so um, that obviously presents some more difficulty, but as I said to you before, if you're persistent as a lobbying member, it is still possible to achieve some outcomes, um, but it, it's far better and, and, and more efficient if you're in government. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Now, now, moving um, further on from that, of course, I'd be lying if I said um, it didn't hurt to to lose that election and for, for, for our party to not be in government anymore because, obviously, we saw the unwinding of a lot of uh, important reforms um, that we uh, implemented during that uh, two years and 10 months, and one of which related to the health services and, and the... Um, way in which it operated but without going into those issues too much I guess that seeing that process unwind just reinforces the the value and the and the need to be in government to really achieve um, what you want to see Queensland become and and what you'd like to see delivered for your own electorate in this case scenic room and when you're working in parliament obviously um, it's not all like a lot of people that I talk to seem to think that it's all everyone shouting at each other in question time or something. And um, I know that's only like an hour of a sitting day. Um, so yeah. what is it really like, like working in parliament in Brisbane with other MPs? Is it uh, a lot more of a, uh, a lot more of a positive working environment or is it, is it as bad as people might think? <laughs> well, obviously there's, there's a little more drama and, uh, in the question time period of, of the day than there is in other parts of the day. And like any workplace, um, Matt, there's um, people who get on better with other people than, than, than some. Um, and that goes within teams and across the chamber as well. Um, so that's just, we're all humans, you know, and, yeah. and I think that's where you need to uh, come to where we are all, we're just um, people who are trying to do the best for, their communities and, and the state. But sometimes we have quite um, vigorous disagreement about that. Yeah. And I mean, I've got um, reasonable relationships with quite a few members uh, on the other side. Um, and, uh, and we build them through, um, maybe not so much in the chamber, but especially through the work of our parliamentary committees, um, where at the moment there's six members on each committee and uh, the one I serve on has um, three of the government members and two of two LNP members and 
an independent member. So in those roles, you do get to know each other um, on, a, on a more personal level. Um, I mean, it's not, um, it's not as confrontational as it always looks on, mm. on the, the big screen and TV every night. Um, and I should say also too, both my experience is that when we were in government, 2012 to 15, and also since then, um, there has been occasions where opposition members can talk directly to ministers and solve issues for their own electorates. Um, and that needs to happen. It's an important part of our system in that, I, as your representative here in Sydney Crim, I can actually go and talk directly to a minister and put your case. Now, um, I guess ministers do that, take those meetings to a varying degree. And also some of them are more effective than others in solving issues. But the reality is that does happen. Um, we do sit down and discuss things from time to time as need be. And so um, it's not all as, as confrontational as it always looks in question time. Well, I suppose that there would be some issues that um, are, I guess, I guess above those sort of those party lines. So some common sense things to get done would probably, you know, yeah. that. I spoke about that a bit earlier when it comes to individuals slipping through the cracks in the health system. And um, if you can solve that person to person, um, as a, as representatives, obviously that's the best outcome for everyone. Um, it is frustrating at times when um, you can sense that the other the other person is playing politics with your issue, mm -hmm. um, and um, that should be called out. Um, but um, you know that's I guess that all of this is part of our system of democracy, um, mm -hmm. Matt, and, and that's why we have elections and we have arguments about who and, and discussions about who is the best um, uh, team, the best party to lead our state um, based on our outcomes and, and based on uh, how people conduct themselves when they're actually in the, in the seat of office. Now, obviously in the current situation, you know, everyone, no one's allowed to sort of, you know, meet with too many people or go and have big gatherings anywhere. So, um, how is your community kind of um, supporting one another and through through this time? There's been a meme going around on Facebook, Matt, um, that some of our farmers have shared and it goes along the lines of um, the government's telling us to stay at home and self-isolate and the farmers say, well, no problem with me. I've been doing that every day for the, every day of my life. Nice. <laughs> um, and and uh, it's, a, it's a funny meme, but it, it is... They're true in some respects that if you're working on the land, it can, can be quite a, um, a lonely job at times. Um, but obviously at the moment, everyone is, is being asked to, to stay at home and um, stay away from other people to just prevent the spread of coronavirus. Um, there are also some very strong support networks in our area. In the last um, three years, we, in 2017, we had a, quite a large flood after Tropical Cyclone Debbie. Mm -hmm. And that affected a lot of communities, especially around Bay Desert and, and Tambourine. Um, last year, we were quite heavily impacted in some parts by bushfires. And that went on for several months, starting in around Canungra and Beachmont, and then ending up over um, near Burner 
south of Boona and, and out towards Rosevale, around the range there. Throughout all of this, there has been a lot of community initiative taken to support each other. And this is what I'm saying, this is what I'm saying before, like what I said before about community initiative and government enabling that to happen because some of the networks that arose out of those disasters from community organisations to get um, food and other goods and even monetary donations into the hands of people who really needed it, they just wouldn't happen as quick as they need to if government was involved because for, you know, let's be honest here, government doesn't work that fast mm-hmm. and it doesn't work that efficiently. And I don't know that it ever has, and I'm not sure that it ever will. But community can, and so we need to support that. And there's a terrific amount of organisations here that do that sort of thing. So with COVID-19, those same organisations and people are thinking about ways to support people in need in the community. And uh, one example is the Badazit Uniting Church, who has a terrific op shop uh, and also... Uh, organises uh, packages and, and support for people who are really doing it tough uh, in that in that part of the world. But also, I, I think that it's really um, increased the focus on supporting local businesses where people can to keep money circulating locally and so that those people who are still able to work um, can keep those jobs as long as possible. So... Um, there is a role for government in all of this, of course, and, and that's supporting, facilitating, and in some cases funding. But because we are so spread out and a little bit removed from big centres, uh, I would say that the vast majority of, of excellent support is given through community organisations and that, and that will continue for some time, I, I think. And uh, that still must be... I mean, obviously, you wouldn't want... No-one wants these... Um, uh, pandemics and um, natural disasters occurring, but it must feel rewarding to be able to help, be able to, like, obviously people would contact your office and you would be able to connect them to these organisations that can help them. Um, Absolutely. So does that, you know, is that where you kind of see uh, the best of, of politicians come out? Because they, they have to work... Yeah you know, make sure everyone's okay in their community. Yeah, that's right. And and we have received a lot of inquiries uh, about people seeking help um, from a, a basic necessities of life point of view uh, about accessing Commonwealth government support, income support. I'm not a federal member, but as your representative, we, you know, it's part of our role to go in and try and help people navigate mm-hmm. that process. And that's, um, it is rewarding when people, um, when you can help people out in that respect. Um, sometimes there's not enough hours in the day to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting with all a lot of the uh, directives that have come out around movement and, and isolation, some of the queries that you receive uh, from people about what they can and can't do and asking me for my um, opinion about whether it's um, in line with the, 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 the directives of the chief health officer but um if i can help clarify that for people i will and that's part and parcel of being a bridge between community and government and and that's part of our representative democracy so if i can help that's it is rewarding it's part of my job as well 
hopefully uh, it won't be too long before, you know, this is a distant memory and we can travel as much as we like. Um, yeah. Because obviously you'd probably have a lot more tourists or visitors from even just from Brisbane or the coast come in. And like for me personally, I, I like to go to, uh, to Mugara Dam and walk up the yeah. Mugara Peaks bushwalking tracks. Um, so once everyone's kind of free to, to travel again, why should they, uh, what, what should they do? Like, why should they come to the scenic rim? What should they check out there? We have a little slice of everything in Queensland, in the scenic rim. We've got the terrific national parks over near Tambourine Mountain and Beachmont, of course O'Reilly's. And right there you can visit the uh, World Heritage listed Gondwana rainforest. Um, we have terrific farmers and food and you can get you know that food straight from straight from the place where it's grown uh, it's a beautiful place to to visit to walk to look at and it's so close to brisbane and the gold coast and so why would you hop on a plane or drive hours and hours to go on holidays when it's literally on your doorstep at the back of the Gold Coast and just south of Brisbane and Ipswich. So there, there are some terrific places and the Spices Gap Lodge, which uh, is just in Southern Downs, but you know, we, we do claim it as part of the scenic rim because it's up there on the range. Another great place to stay uh, and to visit. Um, there's a walking track basically all the way along the range from, um, from, from around there over to O'Reilly's. So, um, day trip or a couple days um, or even a week or more you could spend exploring parts of scenic rim and you said you'd been to Mugara Dam and what a terrific place that is for water skiing uh, and camping and in a magical setting there um, just looking down uh, with Mount Edwards looking down on you unfortunately you know these are the places that uh, people can't visit at the moment but when we return to normality, and we will come through this, um, visit Scenic Rim, uh, and especially in, in the winter time when it's cooler and we get those beautiful days of um, crisp skies uh, without a cloud in them, it is, um, there's no mistaking the fact that Scenic Rim is a great place to come and visit, and we have so much to offer. I didn't even mention the wineries because we, have, we do have some really good uh, vineyards here in Scenic Rim around uh, Tambourine Mountain, but also um, around the, the Boona area as well. I actually live in Boona and I have visited a number of them from time to time. And we also have our own uh, craft breweries being established too around the region. So uh, from a food perspective and from a, a, a fun perspective, and even just for having a rest as well, um, it is a great place to visit. So thank you for the opportunity to give it a plug, Matt. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> well, we, We'll all be so restless after this is over. We'll want to, you know, go exploring our state. So, you know, <laughs> um, we should all holiday at home as much as possible. Obviously, you can't, you know, be a politician forever. What kind of legacy would you have hoped to left behind in the area? So, wh whether it is just in Scenic Rim or across across Queensland, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Well, obviously, local issue local locals matter first mm -hmm. um, for me as a representative and whether the people vote for me or not um, I would like to be known as someone who went into to bat for individuals when they had issues 
but also someone who tried to highlight issues for our community that need to be fixed. And um, no matter where you are in, in the state or in the country, there are always going to be things that need improvement. The list may be longer or shorter, depending on where you live. And chances are um, each individual member of parliament is never going to get to the end of that list. But if people can recognise, hopefully, that I um, was busy and active fighting for our community to highlight those issues and hopefully fix them, then that would be um, hopefully a legacy I could leave behind. As I said to you earlier, very proud of the legacy already created with the maternity services at Bodesen Hospital. That's just one example of um, really positive things that can be achieved for a community with the right will and with persistence. Um, and there's many more things that I'd like to add to that list uh, if we can be given the opportunity again as the local representative um, after 31st of October. But obviously that's up to the electors and I, and I hope they'll be able to put their faith in me again, but um, you never take anything for granted. And although it's a bit more difficult at the moment um, to fight for people because you uh, can't get out and about as much, um, I am continuing to do that uh, behind the scenes through the email and phone. But it's interesting, Matt, just on a bit of a side note, Mm -hmm. the it's amazing how many issues come to you just through meeting people and having a talk to them um, there are many people out there in our community who um, would never probably um, pick up the phone or write an email to a to an mp about something that's bothering them but if you bump into them on the street or at a community organization or wherever um, they probably will raise it with you um, obviously that is a bit limited at the moment. So um, we have to find other ways to, to go and to fight for our community. Well, I, I guess that kind of what you were saying at the end there is probably gonna lead into the next question quite well, because what I was gonna ask is um, for people who, you know, are maybe considering uh, maybe joining a party or running, um, what's the kind of biggest piece of advice you would give to someone else who, is considering a career in politics? So, um, first of all, I, I guess from a party perspective, um, I, I am a strong supporter of party systems because our, our system of government, where we have a cabinet uh, of ministers that are generally are on the same, the same team, the same page, it doesn't work well without the party system. Um, so, unfortunately, for some people um, who don't like parties, that's the system we have, but it's the one we have to deal with. Uh, so you're never going to find, people are never going to find a party you agree with absolutely everything on. So my, I guess a recommendation or a piece of advice for people who want to be a part of the process and make changes, obviously my recommendation would be to choose a party that most fits with your uh, personal viewpoints about how the world should work and how what government should and shouldn't do. But it's unrealistic, I think, to think that a party is going to meet everyone's expectations on all things. But the other thing about being a local representative is it is, in my view, a great honour to serve um, people as their representative. Um, 
as I've said earlier, there's a great sense of reward when you can help people fix things and when you can get projects off the ground, you can bring extra investment, extra services, whatever it might be. And um, although there's always barriers and blockades to doing those sort of things, uh, and politics is a barrier and a blockade in itself, um, if you believe in something well enough and can argue for it, then, and, and as, as I said earlier, if you're on the right track, eventually persistence pays off. And like, it is a, it's a big privilege for me to be able to represent this great area. And um, I would love to continue doing that for, for a little bit longer, at, at least yet. Um, but I just think the, the service of people in, in the public space is a great honour and, mm -hmm. and encourage people into it, despite the fact that it's not always often to please everyone. Well, I guess that might be a, a good place to, to end. Um, I will put in the description for this episode where people can contact you, you know, if they live in your area or they want to, you know, they need to talk to you about something or they just want to follow what you're up to because you, you'd be on Facebook or social media as well, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Facebook on John Krause MP and uh, people can contact me very easily through there or through FaceTime as well through my electorate office email address, scenicrim at parliament.qld.gov.au. And um, look, I really appreciate your time in, in taking the time to talk to me about what we do. Problem. Um, but yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on as a guest and um, best of luck with everything going on at the moment and with the election in October. Thanks, Matt.